Today on the Word Preacher Podcast, Receiving Grace for Grace, an Eternal Existence, and the Glory of God is Intelligence. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. Our Come Follow Me curriculum will bring us this coming week into section 93 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Let's go ahead and get started by uh, reading verses 11 through 17. And I, John, bear record that I beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, even the Spirit of truth, which came and dwelt in the flesh and dwelt among us. And I, John, saw that he received not of the fullness at first, but received grace for grace. And he received not of the fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. And thus he was called the Son of God, because he received not of the fullness at the first. And I, John, bear record, and lo, the heavens were opened, And the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove and sat upon him. And there came a voice out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son. And I, John, bear record that he received a fullness of the glory of the Father. And he received all power, both in heaven and on earth. And the glory of the Father was in him, for he dwelt in him. Okay. So here we have... John bearing record of the progress of Jesus Christ himself. That's kind of notable. Um, It's notable because sometimes spiritual progress in our own lives can be a frustrating thing. Sometimes it's frustratingly slow. It's possible to kind of get in a rut and feel like, The messages from meetings and lessons are repetitive and tedious, always repeating the same sentiments. The Lord frequently used the same counsel for the children of Israel when we look in the Old Testament. They were frequently falling into the same pits, and so they, needing to master where they were, received the same counsel over and over. Now, sometimes it's the other way. Sometimes spiritual knowledge is an overwhelming torrent. A single new insight can unlock a huge portion of information, and that can sometimes be stunning to tackle. If you consider the prophet Joseph Smith, when he was visited by the angel Moroni, he received a huge volume of information in a very short period of time. And Perhaps that's part of the reason that that was then repeated multiple times after. Uh, Ultimately, after he had received all of that, it physically exhausted him. He had lost the entire night, uh, wasn't able to work the next day. It, It was a lot to take in in a short period of time. Now, it's important to realize that this doesn't necessarily need to be consistent. The rate at which we receive more is frequently tied to the rate at which we master 
that which we have already received. I mean, how can we expect new scripture to be given when we don't study what we already have? How can we expect new revelation when we don't listen to what has been given already? Jesus, as John pointed out, was the perfect model of how to patiently progress and how to use what we've been given when temptation comes. He was 30 before his baptism and ministry started. When he went uh, to be tempted, he knew what was in the scriptures. He had invested in that. He knew what was going on because he was prepared. He used what had already been given. This is something worth emulating. All right, let's uh, continue on and, and talk about our eternal existence. This is an important doctrine. If we look in uh, verses 29 and 30, we read this. Man was also in the beginning with God. Intelligence, or the light of truth, was not created or made, neither indeed can be. All truth is independent in that sphere in which God has placed it to act for itself, as all intelligence also, otherwise there is no existence. Okay, so in this, this doctrine that we talk about, what I, I'd like to bring up is that one of the most important aspects of our faith is the concept that we lived before we were born. In other words, God did not make flawed beings from nothing. God organizes truth. He nurtures that which is flawed and broken to make something great. I mean, if God made from nothing someone with serious uh, tendencies to do evil, then the excuse, God made me this way, would seem to be a perfectly legitimate excuse to do awful things according to any of our appetites or passions. But if, as the last servant in the parable of the talents observed, God reaps where he has not sowed and gathers where he has not strawed, in other words, if he creates circumstances in which people can truly choose whether or not they'll do work, then what we choose and what we become is not just something that we can just blame God for. He provides a way for us to become great. We're not a predestined puppet show in which God is pulling the strings. In fact, we know that Jesus has heavily engineered our entire universe at incredible personal cost and sacrifice with great investment so that we can receive what we truly desire. If we continue our reading, uh, verses 38 through 40, it reads this, Every spirit of man was innocent in the beginning, and God, having redeemed man from the fall, men became again in their infant state, innocent before God. And that wicked one cometh and taketh away light and truth through disobedience from the children of men because of their tradition of their fathers. But I have commanded you 
to bring up your children in light and truth. Now, this is an important uh, teaching here in these verses in the Doctrine and Covenants, that every person was innocent in the beginning, that the goal of life is not just to overcome sin, because we started out sinless. We were innocent. Little babies are not guilty of anything. And so if the point of life is not to overcome sin, it must be something else. As important as overcoming sin is, as great a sacrifice as Jesus provided so that we could be justified, there is a sanctifying that is necessary. We are not meant to remain as we are. But just as Jesus received grace for grace, we are meant to increase. All right. The glory of God is intelligence. Uh, let's uh, read a few verses here. This is 33 through 36. For man is a spirit. The elements are eternal, and spirit and element, inseparably connected, receive a fullness of joy. And when separated, men cannot receive a fullness of joy. The elements are the tabernacle of God. Yea, man is the tabernacle of God, even temples. And whatsoever temple is defiled, God shall destroy that temple. The glory of God is intelligence, or in other words, light and truth. Okay. So, it has been said that you have a body, but that you are a spirit. And I think these verses kind of reflect this concept. We cannot be happy as if we act, if we act, as though the reverse is true. In other words, failing to care for our spiritual needs does not and cannot bring happiness or peace. It's possible to observe uh, in the lives of wealthy and famous celebrities who give in to all the physical impulses that they have, uh, that they frequently become depressed, addicted, and afflicted by all sorts of problems. If you compare the majority of celebrity marriages with the marriage of some couple who has been together for a long time, I think you're likely to observe uh, some some patterns in these uh, in these categories. Odds are the lasting marriage was forged using principles of selflessness, avoiding the tendency to just give in to any appetite or passion. That's founded instead on service, deliberate communication controlling tempers. Uh, it's, it's founded on, on loving one another. The reward for spirits who control their bodies is self-evident, as is the reward for spirits who passively allow their bodies to drive them. 
God is the perfect master at this. His wisdom in how to act or to not act gives him power. And he desires that we receive this same power. This is wisdom. This is intelligence to be able to use things in the most effective way. The mastery of self. That you drive the body and not you're passively along for the ride. This power when mastered glorifies the one who uses it. In the end, God is great because of his goodness. His wisdom is connected to his power. God gives us, he places us in a sphere so that we have the power to choose what we desire. And no man at that last day will be able to say that God or the devil made me do it. In the end, we choose. If we use our choices to become patient and persistent as we deliberately make efforts to master the grace that we have already received, we will receive more until that great day in which we are united once again with our Father in heaven. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at sections 94 through 97, discussing temple preparation. Of course, there's a bunch of stuff in this section that we did not cover, and it's absolutely worth looking out with your family and individually. And of course, as always, fight on. Thank you.